This is a Rooster Teeth production. During the height of the illegal moonshine trade, a pair of brothers and their cousin disappeared without a trace. Given their known involvement in the illegitimate business, theories range from believing they were in a tragic accident to thinking they fell victim to the criminal trade. Today, we discuss the puzzling case of the Brasher Die disappearance. This is Red Web. Welcome back, everybody, to Red Web, the show all about the unsolved and the unknown. I'm your local mystery enthusiast, Trevor Collins, and with me, as always, bringing his gut check, the proxy for you, audience, asking all those juicy questions. Yep, yep. Alfredo Diaz. I know who did it. Oh, well, go ahead and write it down on a piece of paper, turn that in, in a sealed envelope, Oh, and then I'll check it at the end to see if you're right. Oh, I, I don't. That'd be what if I did. Could you, yeah, you like, you have no idea what the mystery is. You just write down a full yeah. name, slide it over to me. That would blow me away. How would you even verify that? How would, I don't know. <laughs> How would I verify? I don't know. Cause it is unsolved. This one's interesting because it rides that line between, you know, that true crime, you know, murder is on the right. table here, but also, you know, people can disappear for other less sinister reasons. And yeah. so. This one's clouded by a lot of. Um, it seems like there's there might be gray zones. A bunch. There seems like there might be a lot of hearsay in this episode. Oh yeah, and that's oh, yeah. that's just because even in the hook, it went very quickly from missing to murders. <laughs> right. Very. And I mean, very fast. Mur- like I said, murders on the table, but there's a lot of things clouding the facts here. That again, there's a reason why a lot of the things we talk about are unsolved. And in this particular right. case, it's because there's a lot of misinformation and lacking information to this day. Also, you, you're talking about people who are doing illegal things. Oh, right? yeah. It's, it's like when we that cover episodes about the mob and stuff like that. It's like, how mm-hmm. do you really trust whatever? The, the, they're supposed exactly. to lie. They, they live their, their, their code is lying. Right. You know? Uh, so yeah. we'll see. Well, let's get into it. Let's tell the story, and then we're going to go into what little there remains to be of the eyewitness reports and the subsequent, albeit brief, investigation before, as always, diving into the theories, seeing if we can figure out, maybe between you and I and the task force, what went down. Oh, and very important information, task force, get out your pens and papers and your buttons, because big announcement, Red Web has a new show happening on its YouTube channel called Case Files. We get we get hands on. Ooh, let me tell you, we are tackling so many different things. It'll make your head spin. Sometimes fan theories. Sometimes mm-hmm. what's Bigfoot smell like? Maybe we're <laughs> taking a look at devices that you use out in the field. Yeah, yeah. So this is like a, 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 an ancillary show to this mm-hmm. podcast. It's not replacing anything. This nope. is just a way for us to get hands on with the cases that we discuss right. in this show. You're going to get a little bit of everything. It's kind of a variety each week. Mm-hmm. So check that out. Subscribe to be ready for it. It's coming September 22nd. YouTube.com slash Red Pod. We'll see you over there. With that said, let's dive into this one. Late in the evening on March 3rd of 1956, two brothers, as well as their cousin, were all at a family gathering in Sardis, Alabama. Later on, they decided that they wanted to leave and go to a party in Robinwood, just north of Birmingham. So we have two brothers, Billy Howard, 19 years old, and Robert Earl Dye, 23 years old, as well as their older cousin, Dan Brasher, who was 38. 
The three of them loaded into Billy's 1947 green Ford and drove off into the night, never to be seen again. It was raining heavily, and there were very few cars on the road, which could not only play into the conditions of what Mm. happened that night, but also play into the lack of eyewitness accounts. They didn't come home that next morning, or even the next few mornings, but their family wasn't too concerned out the gate because the three often went out drinking for days at a time, so it wasn't unusual for them to kind of peter in and out of the house. What year is this? This was back in 1956. So I guess there was no drinking age limit? The drinking age, I believe, at that time would have been 16, Christian? It depends on the state. Holy hell. Yeah, because... No, no, no. I think it was 18. One of the bros was 19, so I guess... Yeah, I guess it would depend on the state. Yeah, it wasn't 21 at that time. That's all I remember. I was like, ooh, 19 drinking? And the parents were like, yeah, that's just what they do. (laughs) Ooh, we moonshining! (laughs) That's wild. 19 drinking moonshine? I'm plucking on my my southern uh, chords. Moonshine. Well, that's Wait. the thing about moonshine, too, is that it's incredibly, or at least, I don't know if anything could be more illegal than the next thing, but it was illegal. Yeah. And so even if there was a drinking age, if you're off in the woods, moonshine, right. uh, you could to. get yourself some, the, some goodness. The age gap, too, is like pretty... It's broad. It's pretty broad. I mean... 19, 23, 38? That cousin is twice the age of Billy. What yeah. are you doing out there drinking with your cousins that are... 2319. I don't know. Having a good time, apparently. Yeah, or I guess. getting lost. True. Maybe maybe let, let that be the moral of this potential mm. story. At the time of this story, the drinking age in Alabama was 21. Ooh. Well, still right. underage. Underage drinking when, and illegal. When did it go from alcohol. 18 to 21? Uh, so it says post prohibition after 1933, it was 21. In 1975, it was lowered to 19. And then in 1986, it was raised back to 21. Oh, okay. So, man, it's just all the, over the place. And then what? They were like, oh, no, this is bad. Let's lower this briefly. Turn it back up. Turn it back up. <laughs> what, what if that happened like a week after your 19th birthday and you're like, hey, can I grandfather this thing in for the next two years? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So either way, the three of them didn't come home, which wasn't unusual. Didn't raise any eyebrows immediately, but we will soon find out that maybe it should have. So they were also known, by the way, uh, of course, we've covered this now, to be involved with moonshining, which can take more than a week to ferment. And so that's another thing on the table here where the family is like, well, maybe they're just camping. They're going to be away for a little bit because they're moonshining. Others assume that the brothers might have gone to jail or simply that they would show up eventually, as they usually did. However, after several more days went by without their appearance, the family began to worry. So in the end, the men didn't really tip off anybody as to where they were going. So that kind of, that did start to raise some eyebrows then after many days have gone by. But what really tipped them off was the fact that none of them has stopped by the construction site that they worked at in order to pick up their paychecks. Now that's the thing that, I mean, they wouldn't just let go hanging out in the breeze. Everyone's got to get their paycheck. So it was paycheck day. It was paycheck day. Mm. Came and went, didn't go pick them up family goes okay yeah. that's not typical yeah you go right? and grab your paycheck on paycheck day. you want to get your paycheck right um especially if they're making moonshine uh which is illegal mm-hmm. they're probably making it so they could sell it it's like okay most likely they're like all right we're, we're, we're they're counting dollars they're counting right, pennies. Right. when is moonshine illegal today uh i, I, I think, think it depends on the county i think really why like you'll see it in like 
reality TV now is yeah, because there are dry counties which okay. don't sell liquor. Um, or there are also, it depends on where you live. There are places that say it's illegal to brew your own stuff or make, distill your own liquor. In general, broadly speaking, no. You can go to the store and pick up moonshine, right? Okay. Um, it, it all depends on the counties. And yeah. a lot of these and counties- And how it's prepared and everything. Right, and who's preparing it. Right. So a lot of these okay. counties tend to be kind of near the Smokies or in the South, which mm -hmm. is why it has become such a stereotypical or like tropey sort of thing. thing. Yeah. Um, but that's also because there are more counties in those areas that are that, dry and that have okay. these rules. So, Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like a little rebellious thing. It's also very strong, and if you make it right, oh, it can yeah. be very sweet. Uh, <laughs> so you just don't... We've had moonshine before. Was it peach moonshine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we haven't tasted anything but the peach. And right, you're boy, just... Mm, still dangerous. Hit, like, <laughs> so it's hard. Oh, yeah. Now... They didn't go get their paychecks, so the family is now starting to think, all right, something is up. And so because of this, Curtis Brasher, another cousin and probably brother to Dan Brasher, I'm wagering just based on the last name, uh, as well as his father, went around and started checking local jails, went to local police stations in search of these missing brothers. Damn, I guess they just know that like, yeah, they're they're kind of a little bit of some bad apples. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they might have done something. If you something. go missing, I'm not... Going to check the jails, I might go to the police and try mm -hmm. and follow a report. But I'm not like, look, let me, can I check your jail cell for, right. for Trevor? Is I he think, in it, there? you know, it starts to paint a vivid image of what, yeah. you know, the, the characters we but have. But it's very here. interesting that the families were very much aware of yeah, kind of like their actions and what they do and kind of like the path that they're on right now. Right. How many days after the them driving off was like paycheck day? So that's, that's a tough question because, again, that's where some of the details are lost. So okay. uh, as the story goes, it was within a week, they weren't really too worried about it because that was standard, especially if they're saying that moonshine can take a little over a week. And so I imagine it must have been within a two-week spread that, Ooh, okay, it's time. been a little bit of time now. The paychecks came and went. Maybe now we should start looking. Ooh, like a good amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. So they're checking the jails, checking police stations, and with all options seemingly exhausted, the family decided to file a missing persons report for each of them, not only the Dye brothers, but as well as their cousin, Dan Brasher. And so from this, that's where the police got involved. And the police started interviewing guests of the family gathering that they had attended that night that they went missing. Witnesses told authorities that while at the gathering, the three men had been in an argument with Robert's wife, Audrey, as well as another married couple. They supposedly dropped Audrey and another couple at home and then went to the party at Billy. So this is where it's getting a little hairy. There's Ooh, a yeah. lot of uh, cousins, oh, yeah. brothers, uncles. Okay. So I'll like Billy's girlfriend's house. So family gathering. They're arguing with Robert's wife and yet another couple. Okay. Robert is... Robert is one of the brothers okay, that disappeared. Yep. Okay. And now they want to go to a party near Birmingham. So, right. you know, a, a bit of a drive away. They hop mm -hmm. in their truck. Apparently along the way, they dropped off Audrey as well as this other couple that they had been arguing with so they could then go to this party at Billy's girlfriend's house. Billy being the other brother Got that it. disappeared that night. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Though. Okay, so keep me keep me Ooh, on top of it. There's a, the, again, <laughs> it's a lot of word of mouth. It's a lot of yeah. verbal storytelling. And so things get a little hairy and the details are lost. In fact, like I couldn't even find Billy's girlfriend's name, which is what makes this kind of confusing. 
And I think there's another case in the future where it's like that scene in Ferris Bueller where he's like, my best friend's brother's sister's girlfriend's uncle right. saw him at 31 Flavors last oh night. Oh my right? goodness. Um, no wonder this is a <laughs> like a, well, a mystery. Right. So now we're at the party. Yep. At the party, they ran into a bootlegger that they had been stealing from. Oh, snap. Right. <laughs> They just do terrible things. These guys are just like firing from the hip, we're hanging out. We're just you know? adding everything right. onto this like crime utility belt. Right. They are not on the moral path here. So okay. bootleggers, for what it's worth, just in case Task Force, you're not aware of what they might be, they're people who illegally transport moonshine and they have special modified cars so that way they could hold vast amount of liquids, which mm -hmm. are very heavy. So they have special support systems and shocks and and also these cars are able to drive at high speeds, basically in case they get chased by the cops or what have you. So they're now stealing from other criminals, essentially, mm. while also distilling their own moonshine. Very seedy underbelly like sort of situation where we have criminal enterprises competing with other criminal enterprises yeah. or Just, families or whatever. We might be getting into it pretty Let's much right here it. and there, but um, what are they stealing? Uh, so that's a good question. I don't know, Christian, if you have details on what they're stealing, but they could have been stealing supplies. They could have been stealing moonshine itself. That's true. The supplies, um, pretty important. Because there's basically, yeah, like a lot of hardware and tools that go into yeah, it's, having it, a distillery. It's a whole setup, and yeah. then you have to feed the supplies to it. In it order costs to, money, yeah. and a lot of it's like not cheap. If you want the good stuff, you got to get that copper so it doesn't imbibe it with any sort oh, of flavors yeah. or whatever. Um, stuff like that would make it a bit of a target. And also they're doing this, what, out in the woods? Yeah, usually. Their, the, yeah, usually, right? I think I've heard about that. Like, usually like the setup is just like out in the woods. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, damn. Like, you could go raid someone's setup if you come across totally. it. Totally. If you find it, you can absolutely do that. I mean, there's <laughs> there's wild. a whole show on TV that's kind of about that. I think that's exactly what I was watching, where people just make moonshine. And yeah. And show, like... Uh, their setups and mm -hmm. they try not to talk about too much because like, some of it could be illegal. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also like, I guess they can film it because it's not sharing the destination. It just looks like woods. But yeah. while Christian continues to look into if we can, if we can find what they might have been stealing, I will say moonshine is called that because it's typically operated under the light of the moon. So there's, it's harder to see them if they're operating that way. And it's also just easier to stay undercover. Unfortunately, you can't really find exactly what they were stealing from these people, but mm -hmm. it's kind of safe to assume that it was something to assist them in their bootlegging operation. Right. Whether it be, I mean, something as minor as like the crates and jars and things that you would carry the fluids around or like vessels, bigger vessels right. and vats to carry things around or just supplies for distillery, you know. But, uh, but yeah, so... This is what is said to have happened, that they ran into a bootlegger that they were stealing from at this party. And in addition to that, going down at the party that night, there was a neighbor to Billy's girlfriend. So next door to this party. Yep. They said that her house didn't have any running water that night, and they reported seeing a group of men carrying buckets of water to and from the house around 2 a.m. This will come back later for a few different reasons, but... Whose house? Billy's girlfriend's house? Billy's girlfriend's house. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Are they carrying the water? I imagine like, from are a they well. Okay, yeah, so are they carrying the water because they're also out of water, or are they stealing the neighbor's water? Like The source of the water is not clarified, but because they yeah. didn't have running water at the house that the party's at, 
God. They're okay. shoveling buckets from probably a well. They're probably not stealing it, but like. Okay, just double know, checking. That or like a nearby river. Yeah, or so something. it just seemed like maybe some houses in, in the neighborhood mm-hmm. that didn't have running water and then Run saw to the, garden hose the brothers and, like, and just, yeah, just start. Okay, pulling water. Cool. Yeah. And after finishing carrying this water, some of the men apparently got into Billy's car and then the rest of the men got into another car with shovels and pickaxes in hand. My mind wants to paint the picture of like this this group of men split up because of this fight or whatever. And one is like coming after them with pitchforks and such. Yeah. And the other was like, I'm trying to run away. But either way, we don't know exactly what went down other than the fact that these bucket carrying group of people Mm -hmm. split up between two cars, one being Billy's. The neighbor then reported seeing one of the cars come back that night, but not Billy's. So, to reiterate, bunch of people at 2 a.m., buckets of water, to and fro. After that, they stop shoveling this water around, they split up. Tools go into one truck, some people get into Billy's truck, these two trucks go off into the night. Later on, the truck that had all the people with tools comes back right but billy's truck nowhere to be seen okay. including the people that were in it and which we employee, assume is the brother and which the cousin. We, yeah we would yeah. assume is as the three people at hand here so an employee of a nearby store told authorities that a man had come into his store the morning of march 4th this is the very next morning they asked for quote anything that might remove blood from a floor The clerk then recommended Red Devil Lye. It's like an acidic material, but you can also use it in baking. Uh, They bought that material. But ultimately, it's unknown whether or not the police acted on this tip from the store merchant to try to figure out who came in asking for this and why they were trying to remove blood from the floor. What if he was a farmer? Could have been a farmer. Absolutely. Hmm. So that's the thing. That, That opens the door to, well, maybe this is why the police didn't chase it down. Maybe they should have chased it down. Right, this is where you spin into mm-hmm. different variations of timelines. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's kind of the eyewitness reports that we have so far that night. Not very many. Now, heading into the investigation phase, Curtis, the cousin that was kind of going around to the jail cells and the police stations to figure out where these brothers and this cousin was, uh, you know, he was not pleased with the lack of attention coming from the police, so he took it upon himself to contact state officials in hopes of them taking over this case and perhaps taking this much more seriously so they could figure something out, at least maybe make some Mm -hmm. progress. And we will kind of get into perhaps some of this lack of attention. There's some theories as to why the police might not have given this the proper attention, which leads us to today, which is why we don't have as much information as one might expect on a case Ooh, like this. Maybe the like yeah, hit me person, with the, maybe hit the person that it. they were stealing from had the police in their pockets. Ooh, telling you this guy's clairvoyant. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, I mean, you're. I, I think you're close as far as like what the theory is. And we're getting there. We're almost there. So he started writing the letters. He wrote one to J. Edgar Hoover, in fact. Oh, wow. Yeah, the former director of the FBI. So he's clearly taking this very seriously. He's the one who initiates the search locally by going to the jails, the police. He's immediately going, the police aren't doing enough. Let me go to the state officials. Let me go to the FBI because I need to figure out what's going on here. After writing enough letters, the sheriff assigned Deputy Tom Ellison permanently to this case. So good on him for really making sure he chased this down. Ellison led drilling operations to search underneath Highway 79 in order to search for remains to see if they were buried beneath the construction. 
That seems like a bit of a left turn. We'll yeah, get into does. why okay. they were searching Highway 79. And I will say that this is the construction site that I talked about before, that the men actually worked at. Oh, so it's okay. not entirely yeah. a left curveball, right. but it's not it, completely random, right? So it's not entirely a curveball, but there's more to this little Highway 79 than meets the eye. Man, that'd be a twist if the brother that's searching for that's leading this search, writing to uh, who? So, so Ellison, uh, Tom Ellison, mm-hmm. is the one who's now permanently assigned to the case thanks to Curtis's efforts in writing letters okay so ellison is the one leading this search now but curtis was the one drumming up a lot of attention to say like yo let's figure this out we need to get what if curtis was involved and he's just doing this to to make himself look innocent and trying to lead them in certain directions i this is just gut instinct i would say that it would be easier to just kind of fly under the radar like everyone else seems to be doing if he That's was true. the center That's true. In this particular case, the cops are like, eh, you just yeah. go, all right, did my part. Yeah, because like, seems like a lot of the family members, a lot of like other people, it's like not a lot of information is coming out. But again, we yeah. might get into This is why the family just kind of seems like their headspace is just very much like, yeah, they do illegal stuff. That's just kind of... yeah. Well, I think the do. family also has a history of uh, doing, like having of this, criminal histories yeah. or dabbling with this and that. So again, some of that will be expounded upon okay. here Sounds soon. Good. But but ultimately, they searched Highway 79 and underneath the construction site. They weren't able to find any evidence of the gentleman being buried there or hidden in any sort of way. Flashing forward now to 1972, a new Jefferson County commissioner named Tom Glore ordered new drilling operations, but still no evidence was found of the men being there or anything like that. Three years later, 1975, Glore contacted the U.S. Navy to use their advanced metal detecting technology to then go back to that very same site and search even more thoroughly, hopefully trying to find now Billy's Green Ford. Ultimately, nothing was ever found, even after all these extreme links were taken. And that leads us to today, where we have an unsolved disappearance on our hands. What are you, uh, Before we dive into these theories, what are you feeling? Because this is not a lot of information to go off of. It's not. Um, I do appreciate that they were thorough in mm-hmm. one site. Even It's pretty cool, even to the point where they're like, hey, we got new technology. Let's go back. Right. And, uh, take Almost a look at 20 years later, again. they're like, let's go. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, I don't know, man. They're so fixated on this one site. That's just rough. That's just like, there's just so little to go on that they could have just been anywhere. Absolutely. In any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just any old like forest. It, I mean, forest, tons of things could have gone Bottom down. of a river, like buried somewhere. Right. Not, you're, you're dealing with pressure vessels and, and heat and illegal means off the beaten path. And yeah. so if something goes down with your moonshining equipment, whoops. And then if if no one knows where that's at, they can't go find it, nor would you want to point the police to it because, you know, anyway. Well, hello, Task Force. This is the break in the episode where I get to talk directly to your ear holes about what's going on in the Red Web universe. We talked about it at the top of the episode, but just to remind you, Red Web Case Files is coming soon, so mark your calendars. It will be on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash redwebpod. It's also available on the Rooster Teeth website and app if you prefer, so go check that out. The first one is us diving into your fan theories on 
episodes we've discussed before, theories that kind of fell through the cracks, and it was super intriguing. You guys had some really good insights, so I really want to share those theories with you all, and it was a really cool episode, but this is a variety show. Each week, we're going to do something a little bit different, but it's all to build out what we've talked about here on the podcast So sometimes it's going to be talking about fan theories. Sometimes it's going to be getting hands-on with ghost hunting or Bigfoot hunting tech and gear and stuff like that. We might have some other ideas in store for Fredo that he doesn't know about, but it's going to be a good time. So be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel because that is coming out on the 22nd, and I don't want you to miss it. Uh, And if you do like it, let us know. You got to comment on it, leave those thumbs up and everything. And also, we are coming up on the end of the month, which means... The first Monday of the next month is coming around because every first Monday of the month we have a new pin, a new mystery-related pin for you all because you guys have been enjoying those pins so much. So keep an eye out for that one in store.roosterteeth.com. And with that said, let's talk about some of today's fantastic sponsors. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by BetterHelp. Today's world is complicated and sometimes we can get stuck focusing on the problems instead of coming up with solutions. But maybe with a different mindset, that same situation can be easier. It's not always easy to train your brain to focus on problem solving when you're faced with life's challenges. At least it's not easy on your own, and that's where a therapist can help out. There's so much we can get from therapy, whether it's reducing stress, helping with anxiety or depression, or just healing in general. BetterHelp is a great option if you're interested in giving therapy a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, it's private, and... Importantly, it's affordable. When you want a better problem solver, therapy can help get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash redweb to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash redweb. Today's episode of Red Web is also sponsored by HBO Max. HBO Max brings you epic worlds and epic stories. It's the best of entertainment all in one place. You can stream groundbreaking originals like the highly anticipated House of the Dragon on HBO Max. I've been really enjoying that one as a Game of Thrones geek. I love it. It takes place 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones and focuses on the Targaryen dynasty. So of course you know it's going to be filled with drama and dragons and drama. Not to mention there's HBO sci-fi Uh, The Saga of Westworld continues. Season four is out right now. I just finished it. I love where they're going with it. And uh, I think you're going to like that as well. But look, HBO Max goes way beyond just those two shows. They have must-see Max original series like Pretty Little Liars, Original Sin, which is a dark coming-of-age horror-tinged drama mystery. And if you prefer the animated variety, there's the newest season of the unfiltered series Harley Quinn. You'll see Harley Quinn, voiced by Kaylee Cuoco, and Poison Ivy, voiced by Lake Bell, return to Gotham as the new power couple of DC villainy. So... Get ready for all the mayhem and madness. It's a refreshing animation series. If you haven't heard of it or seen it, I can't recommend it enough, truly. So discover award-winning series, heartfelt comedies, gripping docs, timeless film classics like Goodfellas, and many, many more on HBO Max. And you can get that by going to hbomax.com to sign up. This episode of Red Web is also sponsored by Shady Rays. Sunglasses season is in full swing, and there's no better option than our friends at Shady Rays. I don't know if you can tell by listening to me right now, but I am wearing my Shady Rays. And Shady Rays, by the way, is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair out there. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even 
day one, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. They also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively, Task Force, this is for you. Exclusively for the Task Force members, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code REDWEB and you'll get 50%, 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. ShadyRays.com. Use code REDWEB. Let them know we sent you. Get that class on. And also, your future's looking bright. You need to wear those glasses. Anyway, with that said, let's dive right back into the mystery. So with all that said, there's not a lot of information. That's, that's the story. That's the investigation. And those are some of the eyewitness reports. So let's dive into the theories on this one. And one of the popular ones revolves around murder. And we're going to break this into kind of two sub-theories because two of the popular ones center around murder in different ways. And the first one we're going to explore is that these folks might have been murdered by rival moonshiners. The very people that they might have seen at that party, the people that they were stealing from, noticed it was them and retaliated. That's insane. To be at a party, whether willingly or by surprise, by hap like happenstance. Right. Um... Just to be there with the people that you're stealing from? Yeah, you're kicking it, doing the cha-cha slide, yeah. down in some of your stolen moonshine, up walks the guy you stole it from. Right, and, and, and then says, he says, hey, chump, pokes your heart in the I'm chest. I'm sure there's all, like, you know, gossip or, or whatnot, or right. I'm sure, like, there's theories about, like, well, maybe they did it, or, or I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, people talk, people gossip. Oh, yeah. Uh, people have theories, you know, they have their instinct on, like, who might have done it, and yeah, so. Weird. Yeah. Well, before I get into the details of this rival moonshiner stuff, I was teasing this like, but five minutes ago, I do want to say that the reason why this story might be so flimsy and the reason why some of these details are so clouded is a lot of people think that the police at the time might have been involved in some way with their own illegal moonshine trading, whether they were being paid off, had their own thing going on. And so there might be reason for them to kind of muddy the waters and not investigate this as well as they could have, maybe interfere in those early stages. I don't know why my mind went to this like underground market for moonshine and just like the different groups branding their moonshine. And you have like, like, you know, the moonshine by one gang, then mm -hmm. you have like the brothers moonshine, then like yep. moonshine by the police. Like, it's just. <laughs> I like the police's moonshine because it has a little extra kick to it. Yeah. You know, it feels slightly more legal, but it's not. <laughs> but it's not. That's the thing. I mean, that is, this is essentially, I mean, we're talking about moonshine, so it's much more focused, but this is yeah. akin to a mob story, right? It really it's is. It's not abnormal for authorities to be paid off by yeah. some or to seedy be, uh, people. Or to be involved. Or to be involved, yeah. 100%. Uh, especially when you need to traffic this stuff and, and you know, they're patrolling right. the roads. They might be like, hey, well, maybe we won't be on Highway 79 today. Right. You can do your thing. My shift is during this time. That's when you, like move the shipment. Right. So let's talk about the theory with the rival moonshiners, because clearly these folks were all up in there and investigators found out that the brothers had in fact been stealing supplies and moonshine from uh, other vendors for upwards of months. Oof. And so 
whether it be the people that they saw at the house that night, um, a planned kind of run-in or what have you, I think that as far as this theory is concerned, that is the inciting incident that kicked this all off. So with that said, let's talk about State Investigator O.M. Rains. He's the one who worked on the case through 1975, and he theorizes in his 1984 article that the brothers may have been murdered while leaving the party as punishment for stealing. In fact, he has an eyewitness that's going to kind of substantiate an upcoming kind of piece of this that I'm going to tease you with for just a second. But Rain's theory continues to say that the cousin was murdered a few days later, but the brothers were killed and buried in their car. At least that's what a tip says. Some anonymous tip came forward to say that these two gents were buried in their green Ford and that the cousin was buried in a local cemetery days later, all because of this theft. Oh, interesting. So is that why they checked the construction site? That's exactly why they checked the construction site, Highway 79. I believe it's because they worked there, but also because some eyewitnesses saw, here it is, a bulldozer burying a car that matched the description of Billy's green Ford. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. So these are, again, eyewitness accounts. These are all run-of-the-mill rumors. But that's why I think a lot right. of people were really intrigued with this. And that's why they kept going stuff. back and they're like, hey, we got new tech. Let's go back again. Yes. I mean, what a sight. Not only are you looking at someone bulldozing in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. but then like, and you go, okay, maybe it's just like a late night shift. They're catching up. But if you see someone bulldozing a car in a construction site, you know, that's some like shady stuff going on. Right. And no way you go, that's normal. <laughs> just need to hide a car. Yeah. I mean, like. I think I see people working on the highway at night now. I don't know yeah. if it was as common then because you kind of want to get it done while the traffic's light. Mm-hmm. But it definitely stood out at that time. Um, apparently, this came from a man living in Blount County, which is about 60 miles away from Jefferson County where the men went missing. This guy is the one that reported the bulldozer activity on Highway 79. And that was late at night again on March 3rd. And so this definitely raised some eyebrows. Now... You know, not to be disrespectful to mm-hmm. the grave sites, but is there any reason, like, was there any word of, like, them going to search, like, the graveyard? That's a good question. I haven't heard much about the search at the graveyard. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a tough sell to be like, look, we're just going to randomly poke around these right. graves. <laughs> I mean, I'd say, like, is there any fresh dig sites around here? That's true. You know? Yeah, you could just look at it that way. Yeah. otherwise, yeah, like, how was going to gonna, say? I, Yeah, I don't think there's, like, a... Just spray it with this and it makes a dig site look like old and not fresh. Right, right. Oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm jumping back into my notes. I want to clarify something. So there's a conjunction of eyewitness accounts that night. So the man living in Blount County reported bulldozer activity on Highway 79 late at night on March 3rd, period. He didn't see the car. However, he, so he wasn't seeing the bulldozer bury this particular Guy car. He saw, saw bulldozer. He saw bulldozer activity. And then three other eyewitnesses saw on that highway or in that area a car that matched the description of Billy's and then they kind of combined the ideas that okay they saw they thought they saw it being buried he thought he saw the bulldozer activity and so that's where they're like okay it must have definitely been buried below highway 79 oh man yeah no wonder they went after this place so hard if you have multiple people talking about the burying of a car right again it's a little hairy it's a little messy but yeah these three separate eyewitnesses described the car being buried 
the Blount County gentleman just saw the activity. If you're having multiple people come forward saying that they saw the vehicle and being buried, it's no yeah. wonder that the uh, Highway 79 theory is so strong, right. despite the lack of evidence still to this day. I mean, so we talked about them boring holes and digging around. We talked about the metal detection. They have also done sonar technology, like to kind of see if they can penetrate the ground to find any strange masses of just yeah. anything. And they did find a bunch of metal at one point, which had them go, oh, we might've found something. And then upon further looking, it was just a bunch of scrap metal kind of buried underneath the highway. Wait, so that seems like the car. sonar tech was, or like method was successful. It was successful in finding something. Right, but just but trash. it worked. So, so you'd in think that theory, it, if you didn't find anything, then there's nothing down there. Right. Right. So then suddenly this whole, not these only, three or four people that right. you now are your eyewitnesses, now it starts to go well. Because there's substantial. Yeah, because you're using there. the sonar method and them finding, you know, metal or just like materials down there, like that proves that it works. Mm -hmm. So if you don't find something anywhere else, then I mean, it's got to not be there though, right? I mean, it would stand to reason, but it's also a very long highway. But that leads us nicely I mean, to damn. the other kind of run that, murder. Yeah, run that thing down the whole damn highway. Right, just scan the whole highway. <laughs> it might be expensive. But let's move on to the second kind of murder-centric theory because I think it kind of goes where your mind is at. Okay. And that's why we kind of tucked them together because this one is very similar, but instead of being buried under Highway 79, the theory kind of expands to say that they were tucked away in a coal mine, that the car and the three men were sent down into a coal mine to be hidden and buried there. And this comes from a man by the name of T.J. Chambly, who confessed to being involved in murdering these men. Whoa. And this was almost 30 years after the disappearance. That was in 1984. He came forward to say, it was me. I did it. Chambly, who was also an ex-convict, said that he helped dispose of the bodies and the Ford in an abandoned mine near Trafford. Trafford is roughly 31 miles away from Sardis. Sardis being the town where the family gathering was at right. the very top yeah. of the story. Now, local authorities have gone to Louisiana in order to question him to figure out, okay, is he telling the truth or is he just one of these? I mean, we've seen people of this so caliber people. before where they come forward and say, I did it. Um, but they questioned him extensively, uh, very thoroughly to see if they could poke any holes in his story. And after a couple of inconsistent recounts of his story, it was pretty clear that he was filling in the gaps with some lies or that he was fabricating this entire story. And so he was never really charged. So we have a guy who's admitting, I did it. I was there. I hit the Oh, that's coal insane. But, <laughs> oh my God. You know, I would be inclined to have this guy take us to said coal mine. Right. Or at least describe said coal mine and where you buried the person and then initiate a search yeah. there. I mean, look, we have no idea the difficulty surrounding such a task, but you think you just... I don't know. Sends the experts down with some rope and some, right. and some headlamps. and But then again, uh, it could be dangerous and old, like mm -hmm. coal mine. Shifting around. Might not be worth sending lives to go see if this mystery was true or not. Pretty pretty nuts to think that like you have someone saying, like, I did it, but then poke holes and just go, eh, yeah, mm -hmm. they probably didn't. So some other odds and ends that I want to mention, because... Again, this is such a messy story with messy theories that kind of add to either one of these two sub-murder theories or maybe a third murder theory is um, 
The fact that they were bringing water buckets back and forth from the house made some people think that maybe the murder happened at that house, at the party, rather than everybody jumping in the cars and leaving, that they might have been murdered there at the scene and that the water was used to clear it off and wipe it down. just cleaned up the blood. I think that that would play pretty nicely into these rival moonshiners. But regardless of how you slice it, what really is unfortunate about these theories, because they sound so promising in, in both in their own ways, one falls apart because the story kind of by the confessor falls apart under questioning. And then the other side, you have eyewitnesses that kind of helped with the lead, then nothing came of it, and then the case just kind of went cold. And then when they tried to talk to the family members to help substantiate this particular theory or see if they could investigate this any further, well, many of the family members had their own criminal history, and so they weren't as inclined to work with the police, for better or worse. And so all of these things kind of collide to create a very bothersome ending that's just open-ended it just kind of went cold yeah and that's where those particular theories lie like i mean the core of it were people that were bad (laughs) right you know what i mean right and and bad people interviewing bad people about bad things right exactly so if if the core starts out bad and the outer layers are also bad as well good Mm -hmm. luck trying to find a solution right so with the murder behind us now let's talk about this is a minor theory but another theory here is that this might be some sort of cover-up. Mo? Ellison, who we talked about before, the lead investigator on this case, claimed in an article from the 70s that he was taken off of the case after getting close to solving it. So he believed that this was specifically because he was coming close to an end, that he was getting close to establishing a connection between county officials and Ooh. the illegal moonshine trade. I right, mean, so, just do it behind closed doors. Keep right. chasing that thing down, baby. Right, exactly. What, are you threatening your career or something? But if you expose them, they can't come after your career because you've already got them. Uh, you got, if you got a family and who knows what That's ties true. they have, That's it true. might not be worth pushing. You just, at that point, you just go, you know what, I'm going to be quiet. And then yeah. I guess that's why I eventually came out and started saying all these things because I would assume it got to them. If we're going down that path. That, right. And so maybe this is just another reason for it to be a cold case. But Reigns, you know, that state investigator we talked about, mm-hmm. kind of agreed with what Ellison's claims were, that the officials were, in fact, actively hindering the investigation to hide their involvement in the trade. And um, and that, it, yeah, it would stand to reason that if he was getting close, that they would apply some sort of pressure, harm or otherwise, monetary, what, what have you. Maybe, I don't know, some... Some cups of moonshine on the weekends, you yeah. know? Maybe it was something a nice bribe. Honestly, this could be just the con- There's no nice bribe. <laughs> <laughs> just looking at Christian kind of going, <laughs> Look, man, I don't want to say no. <laughs> it could literally be all of it put together. I mean, that's what my mind likes to do when I'm reading these theories is like, yeah. I see elements of each of these that make sense. I can't help but want to pull them all together. Like, yeah. I totally can see that the police were in on the, the moonshine trade. Mm-hmm. You know, paid to look the other way. And so they would be inclined to kind of interfere. And if the family has their own backstories with criminal behaviors of whatever caliber, then they might be inclined to want to not work with them. So immediately we're on terrible footing for this story. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. There's something about Highway 79. Like, I know that nothing panned out from it. I know it sounds like those three eyewitnesses maybe were falsified or otherwise misguided. But like, that's the only thing out of this entire story thus far that has given me any sort of like, no, that feels strong. Right. Everything else is kind of like, well, you know. I mean, if this goes 
pretty high up there, you know, digs into the corrupt system. Who's to say that it wasn't on the highway that the witnesses were planted <gasps> and then just to distract them away from the, the coal mines. But then the coal mine information also got out. Right. That's so weird, though. Like, I wish there was more information regarding this coal mine. And maybe, yeah. it's, maybe it's a shallow one because it was an ex-convict kind of confessing to something they didn't do. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why. But either way, let's move on to our, it's a little bit more pragmatic, our last theory here. Okay. Uh, because the men were known to be heavy drinkers, right? We talked earlier right. about how they would disappear for days at a time to go do their drinking. They were also moonshiners, maybe enjoying their own supply. Now, it's possible that given the circumstances of the night, going from a family reunion where an argument went down to a party where they met people they were stealing from, tensions could have been high, drinks could have been flowing, and then we know from the neighbor that they hopped in their car and drove off that night, or someone did in their car. And if they were the ones driving, it's possible that they were driving under the influence and subsequently crashed their car and uh, passed away in such a wreck. Like, eventually the car would be found, right? I would think so, too. At some point in time. And then the bones, I mean, the body would decay, the skin, the muscle... Right, but like right. bones would remain. The bones in the car. Yeah. Well, let's see. Maybe there's a reason why it's hidden. So okay. we know it was heavy rain that night. Um, that not even a lot of people were on the road because of how heavy the rain was. And uh, you know, you get a little bit of a slippery slope there. Yeah, you start hydroplaning. Mm-hmm. Have you ever hydroplaned? I have. It's pretty spooky. It is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of a time. Anyway, I was on the highway. Whew. Bad news, but. With the disappearance of the car, many have theorized that this must have ended up in a body of water in some way. Because to your point, wouldn't you find the car? Wouldn't you find the bodies? Wouldn't you find both in some way? Yeah. And so, because they weren't found, they must have found their way to a body of water. Due to the heavy rain and the drinking that night, the brothers may have lost control of the vehicle while driving and ended up somewhere. It's possible that the tires slipped and they ended up in water, which would explain their complete disappearance. Sardis has one of the major rivers that runs parallel to Interstate 22, known as Mulberry Fork, and plenty of other rivers and creeks and ponds in the area that one could either actively hide remains in, or that if the circumstances were right, they could inadvertently crash into, die, and be lost. Now, the only thing that would then remain behind would be the tire tracks, any skid marks or muddy tire tracks leading into the body of water. That would be the only thing that would maybe tip you off to their hiding. But if the rain was Which heavy enough... Which over time, or even, you know, we have, if the rain was heavy enough, just or, being or covered like, up, Yeah, or like you away. said, over time. If the search took long enough to even get to that area. I mean, it seemed like it was weeks before it even begun. Right. That's enough time or for even, a lot to change. was even reported. Right. That's a more pragmatic theory. I feel like that fits the Occam's razor here of the personalities that these guys had, their habits that they've exhibited, and then disappearing. Just caught yeah. up to them. I mean, yeah. it could be that everything else is smoke and mirrors, that there's just less assumption in something like this. But either way, those are the theories that attempt to answer this nebulous and clouded story behind the Die brothers and cousin Brasher. It's quite intriguing to see that there's like... You know, maybe they just went missing. Maybe they were a part of this big, huge, uh, possible chain right. of corruption. Right, right. Like some sort of feud between Shiners. Yeah, with like 
the police involved mm-hmm. and officials and whatnot. Like, they're like, well, we heard you were stealing from our uh, main moonshine our boys. Our main line. Our main line. So uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're gonna make sure you never shine again. Yeah, we're going to you know? bulldoze you into the cement, then into a coal mine, which will lead into a river. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, the highway to the coal mine river. <laughs> Man, this one is uh, certainly one of the more confusing ones to put together. One of the more stressful, not stressful, one of the more frustrating ones. Because, like, I love Unsolved Mysteries. Right. But when they just lack even just the ounce of, like, strong foundation to leap off of. Right. None it just of it means was that, strong. Yeah. It just means that everything's a possibility. I at least want to feel like I got closer when, yeah. we, when we dissect these things. This one, I feel like I just got further. Yeah. It was a ton of corruption. And then... And then, like, hearsay. Yeah. And at that point, just like, that's pretty much it. And a handful mm-hmm. of sightings or possible sightings. Oh, man. Yeah, no wonder. No wonder no one knows anything about this. We never, never found them. And that's why you should never drink moonshine. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I felt like I, for some reason, needed to end this one with some sort of moral lesson. It was just so dirty. You had to cleanse yourself. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that has, I mean, we have, as of recording right now, we have a few different names for this one because there isn't really, uh, go figure, even this, the the name on this one's clouded. But it's been referred to as the Die Brasher Disappearance, also the Moonshine Murders and the Moonshine Disappearance. So either way, whichever one we're going to land on, that has been the Moonshine Disappearance. Uh, It's a very unfortunate end for these three gentlemen here. Maybe someday technology will advance. We can scan that entire highway. If they're on that highway, Jesus. You know, they're down there posed, flipping off upward. So when we finally scan them, they're going, hey, you found us, F you. (laughs) <laughs> you imagine their little bony fingers i mean look there are a bunch of criminals who's to say their last dying breath wasn't a big f you all right well with that said fredo i'll see you right back here next week where we will discuss yet another mystery 